Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the guys at exoticlimo.com.au. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is the Bombs Express. Choo-choo! That's right, Corey, mate. The Bombs Express is back, and today we'll take a team preview look at the Melbourne Demons and the North Melbourne Spudish Kangaroos. Uh, now, before we get stuck into that cause, where can listen to us up on social media? Find us on Twitter at SC Elites, also on Facebook, iTunes, and SoundCloud at Supercoach Elites. And as always, on the website at www.supercoachelites.com, where you'll find all our daily articles um, and team reveals on a Saturday. Yeah, probably not this is the most exciting podcast today. Um, oh, no, that's a little bit harsh. I think Melbourne's going to be a pretty good team this year, and normally historically good teams bring us um, good super coaches. So, yeah, well, let's do They're probably not doing much for us today, and, and I don't think North's doing much for us either. So, it might be a bit of a flat one today, but shall we start with rook? Pardon uh, me, rookies. We'll have a dip. We'll let's have go. a dip. All right, rookies. I'm going to have a look at Toby Bedford. So, Someone who picked up uh, real late in the draft last year by the D. Someone who's kind of a forward pocket kind of player. Again, not kind of hugely super coach relevant, but I guess the point of the rookie thing is to speak about someone who we think we're going to see at some stage. And I think the kind of smallish forward pressure type player is something we might um, see from the Ds this year. We know Gala's kind of been on the outer. We know Fritch kind of started in that role but moved to a halfback flank. So I don't think they've been entirely confident with what they've had in that kind of forward pocket kind of space. Um, and, and I think Bedford might be someone who they're at least going to trial there at some point this year who might become a downgrade option at some point. I'm going to go with the ex-Collingwood VFL protege uh, in Marty Hoare. So Marty should get a, ga- a couple of games. You know, Does anyone realise that I just pick every sexual name under the stun that I can find when I'm picking up my now, now that you've mentioned it, it's, it's starting to, I'm starting to see the trend. I mean, we had this graceful display last week, and I'm only just coming down at the moment from that whole, you know, Cummings, you know, remark that you kind of made last week. But, oh, holy crap. Uh, only just, anyway, with Marty Hall, only just ranks behind Sam Collins um, in champion data ranking points from last year in the VFL. He's an intercept god. Um, would have probably broke, I think you, I think the stat was he would have broken the record for intercept marks if it hadn't been for Sam Collins, breaking yeah. it himself. So, um, with Jakey Lever going away with those knee injury, uh, knee issues to go get it all checked out, he went to the States, I think, last week um, to go get his knee um, work done similar to what Nat Nui had done previously. I think Marty Hoare is going to be a... He's an excellent pick-up, mature-age player um, at the age of 24, uh, 23. We'll go in there and, yeah, I think he'll dominate that back line. He'll be a really juicy super coach option, someone that I could see easily probably averaging over 70 points a game and kind of almost reflecting that Dode role that we had last year. So I'm huge on Marty Hoare, and I think we're going to see... I think he's one that's really going to benefit our sides moving forward. Yeah, look, I agree, and I think they're going to have a bit of a reshuffle. So they've got May as well, who they've brought in. They've obviously lost Hogan. So I think someone like Frost is going to move to the forward line because they can't fit it all in. And while Sleever's out, you're right, I think we've got every chance to save this play. Yeah, you're mid-pricer now. These, there are some absolute supercoach traps at Melbourne at the mid-pricer. Mid-price, yeah, yeah mid-price price. So, and, and the trap that I'm going to mention is, is Jack Viney, um, purely because... I mean, gee, can you can you trust him 
The bloke's got white line fever. Um, I know you're big on this, but he's kind of a bloke whose presence on the field is much greater than his super coach output. Never averaged 100 in his career, a top average of 96.4, and has only played 25 games across the last two seasons. Um, 18 two years back, seven last year. Um, For me, it is just a huge stay clear. I know his price and his name is what people are looking at. They're like, oh, Jack Viney? Oh, gee, all of a sudden that looks interesting at sub-450K, but please don't. Please do not do it. Someone who has, you know, who's averaged around 90 most times in his career, um, and let's say he goes out and does 90 again, he's probably only projected to rise about 50K. Um, It's just not worth it, I don't think. Just stay clear, please. Man, there's some legit ugly names on this list. Christian Petrapa, Kate Jasny. Mm. Names that have absolutely burned us before. I'm going to go with the biggest burn man of all time in Michael Hibbard. Um, now, you're going to call me crazy, but I think with the kick-in rule back into effect, I think Michael Hibbard's points will rise this year. Um, he's got a big roost to the ball, so he'll probably take a lot of those kick-outs from fullback and, and launch them down there too. But they've got too many players like that. Um, this is just me being very generous to a man that uh, absolutely kicked me in the nuts last year too. So, um, Michael Hibbert, if there's going to be anyone I think that could bounce back there, it'll be him. But my biggest advice to give you if you're looking at Melbourne mid-prices is just stay the hell away. Yep. Mitch Hannon a bit stiff here. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is a love child of the elites, uh, elites group, but, I mean, you couldn't possibly do it. Nah, I'd love to. You'd love to, but you just couldn't. Uh, your primo. This is, this is where it gets interesting. Well, it, it does get interesting because in the Melbourne podcast preseason last year, isn't that where I made up a song about Max Gorn and <laughs> how you pretty much had to have him and all Was that? Was that this time last year? That was this time last oh, year. That's how long ago. I don't repeat. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, we, we come up with some interesting stuff in these preseason potties, that's for sure. And um, I actually think we get some more interesting stuff when Brett is not around, but that's probably a backstage discussion for us two to have. Um, anyways, but I'm not going to speak about Max Gorn because he's not currently in my team. The bloke that is currently in my team is Clayton Oliver, 622K. Holy crap. What a player this guy is, man. Like, I know you love him just as much as I do. Pretty sure you've even got a photo of this bloke out and about, have you not? I do. At Crown One Night, he's always up for a good chat, uh, Clayton Oliver. He's uh, he's a really good bloke. I like another, yeah, good bloke out in the community. This is someone who two years back, we pretty much did not see go underneath 100 in terms of um, his point score, like his consistency from game to game, was insane. Two years back, he only went underneath 100 five times, and four of those were over 91, believe that or not. So, And and then you have a look at last year, and, yeah, he did have one score of 59 um, and a score of 75, but his ceilings were a lot better. We saw a 147, we saw a 154, we saw a 143, we saw a 146. So the bloke... Although his consistency and his scoring was a little bit more erratic, he was able to lift his average still by three points a game and for the second year in a row, played 22 games. So that's what I love about it. Through some of those games, I think that 59 might have been when he had that, that thumb thing. Yeah. Might have been when he done that still thumb played. thing. And he still played. And he still played through it, through that whole period. Now, 2019, we're going to see, I think we're going to see 22 games from him again, and I don't think we're going to see a decrease in average. 
the bloke in three years of football has gone 69, 111, 114. Just pick the fella, will ya? Just pick him. Uh, I'll go Maxi Gorn then too. I do have Clayton Oliver in my side and I love the points that you just brought up. The one thing I love about Oliver is consistency. You know what you're going to get and yep. that's one thing that I've spoken about a, a lot. I think he's he's definitely a top 10 midfielder. Um, you know, safe as house is that old, that old conundrum. Uh, Max Gorn. If we get no Proust, I think there's probably no bigger lock than, than Gorny in the rucks this year. I, I can't say the Proust... Like, the Proust fact is going to have a definite impact... But to what extent? You know, maybe he's not averaging 130 and maybe he's averaging 120. Like, big maxi. He's just elite around the grounds. You know, gave up the darts a couple of years back just to go around and play some, some solid football. And um, huge Max Gorn fan. Um, we all know the cerebral pest absolutely loves him too. So, uh, yeah. Does, does this man need any words, honestly? Like, are we overrating the Proust factor? We quite well could be. And I'll tell you what will happen. Round one will come. No proofs will be named and we'll be scrambling like you wouldn't believe to, to bring Gorn back in. Yeah, so I can just envision it. I'm I'm preparing two teams this super coach preseason. One with Gorn, one without. Do you think well, imagine if Bruce is a name round one, how much people are scrambling to try and, and you don't want to be scrambling the last forty eight hours can you and you're gonna make some guesses there and we some did probably... say this in the structure pod two. Make sure you've got a team made probably the week prior to the competition, screenshotted with a Gorn and Grundy setup. Yep. So that if anything goes wrong, you're prepared. Or if anything yep. goes right almost, you're prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because I'll tell you, what's one of my favourite quotes in the preseason? There don't is eat never apples. An, oh. Well, no, don't. Well, no, you should eat apples because an apple a day keeps a doctor away. You don't want to be in bed. How are you going to supercoach in court? That is well, stupid. Isn't that the best place to supercoach? Well, no, because you're sick. You want your mind clear, Corey. You want to be in a Sorry. good headspace. All right? Confused. That's probably why you're in Divi 2. You, you probably did your supercoach when you're a little bit sick in bed one, one week and you thought, oh, gee. This looks like a great idea, Michael Walters. Next minute, Divi 2. That's what happens, course. Now, I forgot what the hell I was going to say, but we'll leave it at that. Something that you love to say. <laughs> Something that I love to say. That's right. There's never enough time in the preseason. And I'll tell you what, for each day that goes by, that feeling accentuates. It just times by 10 every flipping day. Last week when we did the potties, I was, I was pretty happy. I was pretty content with how I was going. It's all, you know, 38 days going or whatever was left. Now we're getting real close to kind of the 30-day mark or even under it. Haven't checked it recently. Um, but now I'm starting to get on edge. I'm starting to get a little bit of the shakes. I'm like, oh, gee, under a month. I'm starting to twitch a little bit here, cause I'm just, I need to have multiple teams prepared for any situation because those last 48 hours are bloody frantic. Just not coping too well. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, all right. Outlandish statement for the Ds? Well, I think... Now, this is outlandish because I have always said they've got the best uh, the best list in the competition. I'm going to say they're going to miss the eight because I think this Hogan going out of this team, they have not fought this through Melbourne and it has potential to really bite them on the ass. That's That's big. 
Um, yeah, well, it's outlandish. That, that's the point of this course. You have a go at me when I don't go too outlandish. Yeah. Then you have a go at me when I actually do well, something outlandish. I didn't actually outlandish. have a go at you. I just well, you didn't. I'm sorry for that, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> you need Brett You're shot. on edge without Brett Oh, yeah. I actually am on edge here, mate. I'm sitting at, you know, we're under 30 days to go, whatever we are. You're the shape. Um, my outlandish statement for the Ds. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, Michael Weaver to go back into and finish season as a top six defender. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, if that happens... You want to make an outlandish statement, I'll just one-up you. You, you. you did. You're probably too up to me, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> uh, rookies down back. Oh, rookies down back. Rookies for uh, North Melbourne. North Melbourne. Now, this one's interesting because Robbie Tarrant about a week ago got injured. And they drafted a bloke called Mikhail Mackay, whatever you want to call him. They um, is it the Twins they got? Yeah, uh, Benny. Ben, yeah, he's the defender. I think he's one twenty-three k. Yeah, yeah one twenty-three. Yeah. But you know, this was a kind of a guy who look North just wanted to play the patient game. They thought there were a chance to kind of push for finals, which admittedly they almost did. They got Scotty Thompson. Had a lot of tall defenders. But Ben Mackay, a former pick number 21 in the 2015 draft, um, this is someone who we might see this year. Um, I think this is also the guy that had signed a contract extension to 2021, and there was a news article on AFL.com.au. And you know how big of a fan I am of the news articles, Corey. As soon as an article is written about someone, my perspective on that player changes, I'll tell you that. Um, but they wrote an article on this fella, and he was talking about how he wants to repay the faith, yada, 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 coming into his fourth year now um, and sitting at 201 centimetres. He's got a frame on him. He's like a mature age recruit. And if we'd seen this bloke, you know, in the VFL and, you know, tearing it up kind of like we'd seen Collins and uh, Marty Hoare and these other players kind of do, we'd be speaking a lot more about this bloke. But but this is one here who I could see. Actually coming in, coming onto the scene and actually having quite a significant impact in terms of potentially a super coach teams. Yeah, I, I agree there. He's a big boy as well. Uh, my one's Declan Watson. Um, poor bastard suffered an ACL um, injury late in 2017. We didn't get much of him last year. He impressed at under 18 level. Um, he was he was highly touted. I remember having a look at him during um, that 2017 season and thinking, yeah, we'll get a go at Declan Watson. He'll be a downgrade option there. But he yeah, unfortunately got injured, and then that was kind of the last we heard at, uh, heard from him. So at 123k, he he just needs a, a go, and it could be the key defender factor that you're talking about. Um, I'd love to see him get a chance at some stage throughout the year, um, and hopefully he can show how durable he is and um, tough-minded at backing, uh, bouncing back from the in- uh, that injury. They've got a couple, though. they got, you know, EVW, Ed Vickers-Willis, Will Walker, who played a couple of games last year. Alder um, U. Alder U. Yeah, Bradley Scott. Have- See finally get going. Ah, uh, Larky as well. Who I think we'll yeah. get a go. So, Bailey Scott, the father's son, Taron Thomas, the number eight draft yeah. pick. They, they got a lot there that we might see at some point. That's good. And you know, let's face it, North North are boring. So, give us something. <laughs> Sorry, North fans. You mean for awesome? Well, they recruited a lot of them over the off season, didn't they? They went and got Taron <laughs> Hall and Pittard and Dom Tyson. But I think of the lot, if I could pick one of those three, for me it would be Pittard because Pittard's someone who. 
I like. I really like him as a player. He's dashing. He's daring. He's been a top ten of a defender before as well. Of course he has. Yeah. yeah. He makes mistakes, but truly, who cares? Who cares if he makes mistakes? Because sometimes you need someone on that back flank who's able to kind of take that risk, but take a calculated risk. And that's probably where he needs to improve his game. He needs to be able to ascertain: is this the time to go or not? Because maybe he just goes a little bit too hard and bites off more than he can chew. But look, hey, change of scenery. He'll play. He'll play uh, league football. There's no doubt about that. 100%. And it's just look. Can I see him averaging 95? Probably not. But you know, is he underpriced? Yeah, man. I, I really do think so. Um, I could have done the easy thing and gone Aaron Hall, who's done it before for the Gold Coast Suns, going across. They need an outside runner. I'm going to go a little bit left field. I'm going to go Luke McDonald. Um, I think it's about time that he broke into the midfield. He's always talked about wanting to be an in-and-under midfielder. I think he'd complement Cunnington really well. Uh, Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised. But even if not, he can play off that halfback flank as well and be a bit of a hard nut there. I mean, for years and years, we waited for Sean Attlee to break out and do something. That's all (laughs) he was always meant to do, and he never did. But I think Luke McDonald's a classy actor, one one of their probably more... (laughs) Put potential in there, uh, maybe one of those ones that ha- did have big raps early and uh, a high potential player. You know, I remember when he broke out. How good was that season when he was a cash cow? We all loved a little mm-hmm. bit of Luke McDonald. So um, that one's there. Aaron Hall's um, ownership though, ten percent of teams. Yeah, he's one. Now we know that some of the community will love their little drafting. He's one that I think is going to be used off a of flank. To be honest. And he's the one that I wouldn't mind in a sneaky keeper league because if you can get him as a uh, as kind of you know a ladyish pick um, and kind of get himself defender status, I think you'll be in a really good position uh, in, a, in a couple of years' time because he, he's certainly got all the potential in the world. The injury factor is so huge with him though. Yeah, and yeah, I don't, I just don't know if it's worth the risk. Wasn't, wasn't he the guy? Now, this is, I'm pretty sure he played the first three games. It might have been two or three years back, and he had nine Brownlow votes from the first yeah, three games. Uh, year, something. Three ga- yeah, he was leading the Brownlow after round three. Might have been that Gold Coast year that they just kind of exploded. I mean, there was a lot of teams that traded him. Yeah, he's, I think his Supercoach year was all right that year, too. Yeah, um, he's got potential about him, but he's certainly not worth the risk because you're more. he's more unlikely to kick off than he is likely. And he's a, almost a guarantee to get into super coach numbers over the last four years: seventy nine, ninety five, ninety two, seventy nine. Mm. Yeah, mid nineties. Uh, mid nineties. You can back that. I don't know, but what is he three? What do we say? What's three ninety? Uh, yeah, three ninety k. It's probably forty to sixty sixty k yeah. too much. Yeah, like that's where I sit on it. Strongly agree. Uh, premium. Uh, premium. There's only one premium. People will argue they've also got Higgins, but I'll contest that. Um, one of the more overrated players of the comp, even though people say he's underrated. Anyways, it's Todd Goldstein. Um, has to be someone who's actually in contention for a position in my side. Um, last six years, only averaged underneath 100 once. We saw him play 22 games last year. First time he done that in five years, even though he only missed one game in three of those four years. So very, very durable. Bruce is no longer there. He shred about four or five kilos this off-season as well. And um, I think if there's one year that Goldie's going to return to the top, it's this year. Otherwise, it'll probably never happen. I did write an article on him too. He had a great mm. back end of the season last year too. I'm Yeah, I agree with you. Todd Goldstein is one that I have huge wraps on. We've spoken about it like this, you know, Phoenix kind of set up. 
if if the um, if there is no option there down the bottom, and Gorn still got Bruce, I am probably going Todd Goldstein. Um, yeah, I just I think he's going to have a great year. They've bring in some assets around them too, like. Ben Cunnington, Jared Pollock, they've got Higgins in there still. Um, Aaron Hall comes into that midfield. They've still got, you know, Ben Jacobs tagging and things like that. They've got runners off a halfback flank now. I actually don't think North Melbourne are going to be as bad as what people think or, or give that North Melbourne rap uh, to. And I think Goldstein's going to have a better... He's great around ground. And remember, he he one of his best seasons was that year where you could grab the ball out of the ruck. Mm-hmm. And that's back. So... I think you've always been able to grab it out of the ruck. No, but that, oh, sorry, that, penalized, that penalized rule that they had. That's you know, gone. Yeah, you know. They wanted they, to give him prior opportunity. Yeah, that's now, yeah. it. Yeah. Sorry. And that's when he that's when he excelled. Sure. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. Outlandish statement for North Melbourne? The recruits. Those mid-tier recruits. Tyson. Um, who else was it? Aaron Hall. Polek. Pittard. They are going to be worse than the Port Adelaide recruits last year. Rockliffe, <laughs> Motlock, Watts, and Co. Oh, How do you like that one? Whack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go a real crazy call. I'm going to go Todd Goldstein to be the number one Ruckman by season's end. Hey, well, no, it's just almost in stone that Ruckman don't go back to back. Yep. So just bring him back that form and bringing back the Goldie of old. Yeah. Yep. I'd like to see that happen because he's still half a chance. Yeah. All right, mate. Anything hey, something else? I just want, yeah, something I just want to say before we wrap up. So, gee, it's probably a couple of weeks back. We finally uh, dropped on Facebook. We dropped a, um, a group, a Supercoach group. So this is different to a Supercoach league. So people got a little bit angry and we thought we'd give them a chance to cool off before we sort of put the news out there again. But um, So it's not a league code, rather it's a group code. And what we do is we're inviting every member of the community to join the group. So you join it the exact same way you join a league, except when you go into leagues, instead of going into the league column, just exactly next to it to the right, you'll see groups in between leagues and rivalries. Click on groups and add this code, 661452. Um, and you'll, we want as many members of the community as possible. We're sitting at over 200. We only had about 200 in there last year, so we're wrapped with where we're sitting right now. Um, so please go join this, and it's a race for the overall, and at the end of the season, the top three people will have some prizes uh, for them. So, um, yeah, please go join the group, 661-452. Get in. That's it. Thanks, Alita. That's all we have time for. Peace out.